Hi, this is Dr. Meg Hayworth, holistic psychologist and nutrition strategist, and you're listening to Get Well Soon podcast series, the show that explores how to heal yourself with food and the power of the mind. Hi, everybody. Dr. Meg Hayworth here offering holistic wellness solutions to abuse survivors with chronic illness using food and the power of the mind and heart to heal the body. Today, we are in a collective global trauma. It is a wake-up call of massive proportion as people all over the planet are sheltering in their homes to stop the invisible threat of a virus called COVID-19. As we sit in our own personal wake-up calls, I just wanted to bring some help to you. So if today's show does not apply to you, learn from it and add this to your gratitude list. If it does apply to you, listen on, learn, and please don't hesitate to ask for further assistance. We are here to help you. Also, please share this podcast with as many people as you think might benefit, and please subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss future episodes, and take a moment to leave a a review on iTunes to let us know how this episode has helped you get well now. So today, I'm speaking with Dr. Debbie Silver founder of the PBT Post-Betrayal Transformation Institute. She's a holistic psychologist, a health and mindset and personal development expert, and the author of the number one best-selling book, The Unshakable Woman, Four Steps to Rebuilding Your Body, Mind, and Life After a Life Crisis. Her recent PhD study on how we experience betrayal made three groundbreaking discoveries that changes how long it takes to heal. In addition to being a two-time TEDx speaker, a guest on Fox, CBS, The Dr. Oz Show, and more, she's an award-winning speaker, coach, and author dedicated to helping people move past their betrayals once and for all. Now today, as if navigating a life crisis such as the death of a loved one, disease, or betrayal weren't hard enough, now we're faced with the coronavirus pandemic too. How do you manage the stress, uncertainty, and confusion along with challenges already on your busy plate? Dr. Debbie Silver is here to help you answer those questions. Welcome to the show, Dr. Debbie. Thanks so much. I'm so looking forward to our chat. I know, me too. Mm -hmm. Um, When I thought of the people I really want to talk to today, you were on the top of the list, and you are my first one to talk Mm -hmm. to about this issue because um, people are really dealing with some major stresses at home mm-hmm. because they're being forced to stay at home. Um, and so you, you have so many different things to, to help people with. And, um, you know, one of the first things that um, you, you have in your notes is that, that triaging your stresses mm-hmm. and prior, prioritizing and managing the needs that need, have immediate, that need immediate attention. Um, can you talk a little bit about how to do that? Sure. And, and I learned this from, actually, it was uh, years ago, it was 97. I had peritonitis. So it's truly a miracle I'm alive. I was in uh, ICU for 11 days. and But I remember being in the hospital, and this is when I was better. I mean, the first few days were, were horrible. But when I was really on the sort of made that turn and I was getting better, I remember this whole idea of triaging where it seemed like the doctors and the nurses took care of in order of who had the biggest issue and who needed 
who needed priority. And it was like, let's say, for example, the one who's bleeding needs the priority over the one who just doesn't feel well kind of thing. I mean, of course, it was much different than that. And I remember that really stuck with me. And then as a young mom back then, having then having four kids and, and running a business and all the dogs and everything. It was always this sort of, I was kind of subconsciously triaging things where what needed my the most attention got that attention. And the rest of the stuff, it wasn't like it didn't get my attention, but it, it got the attention when I had it. And, and I see this as such an important tool now, where if we're going through something, like for example, you know, I specialize in betrayal, but but sure, there are other life crises as well. We're facing death of loved ones and disease and really devastation, so much going on. Well, we can't handle all of it at the same time. So what needs, right? So what needs our absolute most immediate attention at that very moment. And that's not to say we won't deal with the other things, but what can we sort of just put a little bit on the back burner for when we have a little more bandwidth, a little more mental, emotional strength to handle it? Mm, okay. Um, so I, it's kind of like giving yourself a hall pass, you know, mm-hmm. just give yourself a break and don't put so much pressure on yourself to, to do everything because cause you really can't. Absolutely. And and that's the thing too, you know, we're, we are being tested and stretched and pulled in so many different directions. And, and I, I mean, and I'm sure you're seeing it too. Yes, we're seeing some not so great things, but I'm truly seeing the best in humanity right now. Uh, But people are very stressed. They're worried about their finances. They're worried about their health. I mean, I'm in New York. It's, it's horrible here. I mean, I'm not in the city, but just to hear, oh, here's another one who has it. Here's another one who has it. This one was just brought to the hospital and this one's on a ventilator. I mean, it's it's really, really scary. So we have to manage our level of stress as as best we can. And, and you know, you mentioned the hall pass, giving each other a bit of a pass while we're going through this because we're not at our best. You know, we're quarantined and some of us are quarantined with our betrayers. Some of us are, you know, we're, we're in a small space where we don't have our own space to just think or or be so we we really have to bring our best to this now because we're uh you know we're we're really under a tremendous amount of stress no kidding and and quarantined with your betrayer Mm -hmm. you know which is really the the meat of this podcast um tell us a little bit about what people can do i mean what do they do to maintain their sanity when they're going through this and this is this is such a tough one because when it comes to betrayal um and and they're all different kinds there's you know you it could be your best friend who told your secret or or it could be your coworker who took credit for your idea it could be you a family member who said they'd be there for you and then they're not it could be a coach or mentor who took advantage of their position it could be so many things, but let's just say like, and this is the most common and this is uh, relational, you know, it's where, let's say it's infidelity or something, or even financial betrayal, something like that within a relationship, your close relationship. And now imagine as if it weren't hard enough, now you're quarantined. So this is, this is where you truly have to bring uh, compassion and empathy and, and space to this scenario where you know you may be trying to just get through it and go back to business as usual but the, but it, you can't and and I'll tell you in the study that I did 
there were three groups who did not heal. And the group who struggled the most was when the betrayer had no consequences. And this is where, exactly where, they tried to overlook it or put it behind them or where the betrayer really just, they didn't, they didn't have uh, a, a real sort of come to Jesus moment, you know, where it was like, okay, this, this absolutely is not working and uh, we need a completely new set of rules or circumstances or relationship or something. And these are the people who struggled the most. So I, so I would really suggest give each other space give each other respect and bring as much empathy and compassion as you could possibly bring while you're um, really in the same space during this time, because you, yeah. it's, it's difficult to think clearly if you don't have the space to do so. Now, you just said something really interesting though, about people not being uh, given the, the, um, uh, the consequence mm-hmm. basically, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, and I'm, you know, I immediately see, you know, a woman whose husband has cheated on her mm-hmm. and she's, uh, she's kind of gone into the silent place and hasn't really, you know, let him know how, how much this has hurt or is that sort of kind of what you're talking about? And, and is this any kind of an appropriate time, you know, now that say the husband and wife are now at, at home all the time and they haven't really talked this through, they haven't really, um, they kind of operate in a, in a silent way. Yeah. You know, all I see and what, what I saw in the study was the only thing that comes out of that is a further deterioration of the relationship and whoever was the betrayed gets more and more physically ill because you, you know, you, you, tell that to your broken heart that everything's okay. It just doesn't work like that. And that's not to say that, it doesn't have the potential at that moment to eventually become the greatest thing that could have happened and the most beautiful relationship that can emerge from the rubble that you were in. And I know that sounds so hard if you're in it right now, but the only way that that can happen that I've seen and that I've experienced personally is when there is complete and utter death and destruction of the relationship you had. Meaning that betrayal caused the end of that relationship as you've known it, and it doesn't exist anymore. And with the death of that relationship allows for a rebirth of something totally and completely new. Now, this could be whether whether you, you know, rebuilding is always a choice, whether you rebuild yourself and move on. I mean, that's what I did with my first betrayal with my family. Uh, it just wasn't an option to rebuild with them. Um, or... If the situation lends itself, if you're willing and if you want to, you can rebuild something entirely new with the person who hurt you. And, and that's that's what I've been doing with, with my husband. But that could never have happened if the old relationship didn't come to a complete and total crash and burn. That's a really interesting point you're making. Because that's, I know, having been through it myself too, is is that that, that moment that you learn about the betrayal mm-hmm. is that moment where you you completely see this person in a whole different light mm-hmm. um, and, and you're just shocked that, that that person is no longer the person you thought he was mm-hmm. even though he's still the same person it's just you you're right you do have to really completely remake that so I imagine that you know people sitting at home listening they're in different stages mm-hmm. of their betrayal breakthroughs of mm-hmm. their um, 
you know, of learning, you know, maybe they just learned recently, or maybe, you know, they're further along, and they've done a lot of counseling together, and they're rebuilding that relationship. What would you say to somebody who's had this happen pretty recently, and now there's this collective global trauma we're going through? Yeah, I would say, you know, you mentioned that hall pass. Give yourself that hall pass. It's, this is, this is rough. I mean, think about it. It's, it's such a shock to the body and mind. And when you, when you include the heart in the whole thing, it just, it is just so upsetting because this, this was where you felt safe and secure. You know, this is where you poured your, your heart, your time, your loyalty, your trust, your love. And to have that person be the one to, to betray that trust and that, and that love is so deeply painful. I, I'm convinced, I mean, besides possibly losing a child, I, I think that betrayal is one of the most painful of the human experiences um, because it is with the, you know, think about it, relationships are all about trust, you know, and, and my book is coming out in September. It's called Trust Again. And um, oh, I and, love it. And I, I used an analogy. I, I, I wrote an analogy in there where I said, just imagine Imagine a, a bird who's building the most magnificent nest for, you know, the, the inhabitants, whoever's going to be living in there. And think about it with, you know, bringing the twigs and the sticks and creating this, this amazing space where these little chicks or whoever will feel totally safe and secure. Now imagine that the very bird who created that nest is the one that in one earth shattering moment just destroys it. And those chicks at that point have have two choices. They survive or they perish. I mean, really. And that's truly what happens with us after betrayal. We have two options. We can survive the experience and, and become better for it and do something really good with something really bad, create this bold, brilliant, uh, strong, powerful, confident version of ourselves, or we can stay so stuck and I see this in a classic stage three, you know, there are the five stages. Uh, that, that was another one of the discoveries. And, and I see this all the time where, you know, yes, we may be surviving, but we think that's as good as it's getting. And we stay there for years, decades, a lifetime. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And then I see the clients that come to me with um, the wounds from that, mm -hmm. the physical wounds of illness from turning those emotions in on themselves and holding on. Um, but you know, it's like, it's, it's such a catch 22 because it's like, there's the how to, you know, like mm -hmm. how do we get to this next place? And one of the things that you talk about um, are daily practices to move forward when after the, your life seems to come to a halt uh, through betrayal. So what are some practices that you recommend? You know, the first thing I would recommend, speaking of practice, is a daily practice. And whatever that means to you, whether that's just breathing, whether it's journaling, meditating, a mindfulness practice, uh, just moving, something that, that allows you to feel connected. And it's so, it's so important. It's so important to, even as far as the a trust rebuilding process, and I'm happy to share, uh, I have a four-step process that teaches you how to rebuild trust you know it's because your world is totally shattered and and this is 
what we see in a stage two, where there's this breakdown of the body and the mind and the worldview. You know, your worldview is your mental model. It's how you view the world. This person's safe. These are the rules. This is how it works. And then it's shattered. So we don't trust in life anymore. And we certainly don't trust in our betrayer. We hardly trust in ourselves because we say, well, I'm a bright person. How did I not know? How did I not see this coming? How did I not, you know, I thought I was, I thought I was smart. I thought I was on top of things. Where was I? And so we need to, to learn to trust in life again. And it's so common to someone who's been betrayed to, to, to feel like, you know, am I crazy? Is this, am I alone? What's going on? You're not crazy. You're not alone. And there's a way to heal from all of it. So, um, yeah, I would say one of the things is, is establish that morning routine and make that ritual. Like that is non-negotiable because it's going to just give you a sense of start giving you that sense of safety and security. And, and then I would say also start with this trust rebuilding process and I'm happy to go through it if you want me to. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how do you, like, if, if this is a laboratory for couples that are going Mm -hmm. through this, you know, how, what are some steps they can take today? Sure. Well, the first thing I would say is not every couple is meant to re see, here's the thing. I don't Mm -hmm. believe in repairing, but I do believe in rebuilding. So, you know, and I'll give you another analogy. You see, I'm big in analogies. Let's say there's a a brick wall, right? So imagine a brick wall, that brick wall was, was put up brick by brick by brick. And if you look at it, when it as it relates to trust, every interaction where a person had an opportunity to show that they were trustworthy, to show that trust is in good hands and that sort of thing, that's like another brick, you know? And each brick lays down that brick wall. Well, then there's the person in that, again, that one moment who just, com- or it could be death by a thousand cuts, you know, where it's, it's this continual eroding of this brick wall. And then eventually the brick wall is destroyed. So in order to, to, uh, this is why I say, I don't believe you can repair that brick wall, but can you rebuild it? You definitely can. And, but what does it take? It takes repairing it brick by brick by brick. So it's a slow, continuous process and both people have to be on board. If you're, now I always believe you rebuild yourself regardless, you forgive regardless, having nothing to do with the other person. But when it comes to reconciling, that's where it truly takes two people. So in the in the the brick wall analogy, it would take the person who is betrayed to say, I'm willing, I'm going to be willing to see if this other person is willing to rebuild this brick wall. And the the, the betrayer has to be willing to be a really good bricklayer, you know? <laughs> That's a great way to... And just that, keep yeah. showing that they are trustworthy, that they see it so clearly, that from this space, from what they've learned, from what they've lost, uh, they never, ever would do something to jeopardize this again. You know, and I see this too, where a betrayal shows someone who they've really been or shows them who they turned into, who they turned into and who they have no interest in being. So it really reveals one of those two. But let's say it reveals that person who really, I mean, they went down a road and it, it, they, they, it just blew up the entire relationship. And now they're at absolute rock bottom. Well, they have an opportunity too to say, you know what? I, I, I don't even want to repair this. I have no interest in repairing this. But if they do, 
they have to be willing to do the work. And then the person who was betrayed has to be willing to uh, be open to it. And, and it is, it's, it's a dance for sure. But, um, and then the trust can, can begin. But for the, speaking for the betrayed, here's the four-step uh, four trust rebuilding process. The first step, the first step is rebuilding in the most basic aspects of life. And the reason is it's because your worldview was completely shattered. You know, let's on Monday, you knew what the rules were. You knew who you could trust. You knew where to go. You knew all of this. And on Tuesday, none of that exists anymore. So it all has to be rebuilt. So I'm talking with like, I'm talking about starting with the most basic things in life. Like, will the sun rise, you know, and, yeah. and you question it and then you go out and you see every morning, Oh, sure enough, it does. And you're rebuilding in a sense of the most basic sense of safety and security. Once that's laid down, you can move to the next step. And this would be rebuilding trusting your gut, trusting in something bigger than you, because we turned that down and we weren't sure. And we weren't, you know, we, we just questioned ourselves, but rebuilding that trust because in your, in your gut, because that's going to give you a sense yeah. of safety. And the way to do this is, you know, there, there were times where you felt something felt so right. It felt so good. You felt so sure. Think back to that time and remember how your body felt, probably felt open and expansive. And you, you know, see where you felt it, see how you felt it. What were the thoughts running through you and get a real felt sense of that. And then think of times, there was a time where it felt really wrong, really, you know, something did not feel right. And think about how you felt. Maybe you felt like you got punched in the gut. Maybe you felt uh, constricted, contracted, small, tight, closed. How did your body feel? What were the thoughts you were thinking? And that's the way your body responds. So then as you go about your day and scenarios and situations come up, what, which one are they triggering? Which one does it feel like? Does it feel more like that great, open, expansive, wonderful feeling? Or does it feel more like that tight, closed feeling and trust it, trust it. You're going to learn to strengthen uh, and trust your gut that way. It's what, like using the body as an antenna for yourself. You absolutely. Know? And it's yeah. your internal GPS. I call it your internal yeah. BS meter. You're strengthening that again. <laughs> and, exactly. you know, so now think about it. We've, we've learned to trust in the most simple aspects of life again. Now we're learning to trust our gut. So you could feel a sense of safety and security starting. We're going to keep that going with step three. And step three is learning to trust in yourself. Because when it, like I said, when it comes to betrayal, we don't trust ourselves because, you know, and this There's is a so big self blame that goes on. Yeah. And this is a really big one with self betrayal too. something where we say, I'll never go back to that person again. And then we do uh, uh -huh. right. Or I won't eat those cookies. And then we do, I won't drink that glass of wine. And then we do, I won't binge watch that series. And then we do. So we really need to, to trust in ourselves again. And when we say something, we mean it. So here's where you put yourself to the test and you give yourself little tasks. I'm going to journal, you know, in the morning and then you do, I'm going to drink that glass of water and then you do, I'm going to work out and then you do, I'm going to make that phone call and then you do. And what you're doing is you're, you're learning to trust that when you say something, you mean it. So you can get a sense already that if you build that, that trust again in the most basic aspects of life, and then from there, you build trust in your gut. You trust that if something doesn't feel right, it isn't. If it feels right, it is. 
then from there you rebuild trust in yourself. Now you really feel like you kind of have these invisible bodyguards protecting you a little bit, right? The sense of safety and security. And from that place, cautiously and carefully, you can slowly start trusting in other people again. And, you know, I remember Neil Donald Walsh saying, you know, it's one thing to look both ways before you cross the street, but eventually you have to cross. <laughs> you know, you don't want to <laughs> not trust others ever again, because that's, that's where we, you know, intimacy comes yeah. from. That's where deep relationships come from. And, you know, it, it's like swearing off cooking because you burnt yourself on the stove. You don't want to do yeah, that. Exactly. Right. So it's a process, but yeah, it can be done life and your choice is fear motivated mm -hmm. the love motivated and as i hear you talk about the different things you know i was seeing like uh, you know committing it's mm -hmm. about committing to having that glass of water in in the morning and i saw that as one brick you know mm -hmm. or committing mm -hmm. to meditation practice every morning even if it's five minutes of just in breath out breath mm -hmm. um, to whatever practices or things that you choose doing morning pages you mm -hmm. know just pages of conscious stream of consciousness in the morning you know just like I just saw the brick wall just sort of coming up little by little and that mm -hmm. you're doing that with you because ultimately I mean isn't it doesn't it come down to your relationship with yourself being the most important uh, absolutely it's that's really it and that's why when we rush to forgive when we rush to trust it backfires because this takes time. I mean, think about it just again, using that brick wall example, that brick wall takes time to be put up. And for sure, when it's in a just big pile of rubble, you have that choice. Do I even want to bother putting this back up again? And it's totally okay if you don't, but if you do, it's, it's going to take time. It's, it's going to take patience. It's going to take looking at things differently. It's going to take a willingness. You know, one of the biggest things I see in specifically, this is where, where most people get stuck in a stage three. We see it all the time in, in going from that stage three to stage four. It's this willingness to let go of your story, even though it's so powerful, you know, yeah. And I and I understand that. I mean, I had a very powerful story. The, the most important people in my life, my family, and then my husband betrayed me. I could have had that story, and I could have gotten so much sympathy, and everybody would have, you know, told me, "Woe is me." And and yes, although that would have been one kind of story. When you're willing to let go of your story, what you can do with it is so much better, mm -hmm. and so much better for not just for you for for all you all within your care and reach you know so it's like sure you have your story but you know what you could have if you're willing to give that up oh my gosh it blows the doors off of that story yeah <laughs> yeah, <no kidding. laughs> yeah and i mean if you think about it too if there are choices um what what is your choice do you want to sit in the pain and the shame and the guilt and the fear all of you know all of those self self-protective things that you're doing to try to not let your let love in again mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. you want to open up and let love in and i hear you saying open up little by little by little you don't have to i love what you just said about you don't have to rush to forgive or mm -hmm. to go move on with this relationship um or even to make a decision about not moving on with the relationship mm -hmm. um, yeah rushing is pain it can be really oh yeah too. 
And we do that because we just, you know, it's, we think, well, it's just easier. I don't want to break up a family or I don't want to, you know, I'm worried financially or for religious reasons or whatever it is that, that we, we rush to forgive and, and we're just, we're just not ready. And, and here's the thing too, if you're, there's a, um, it was a study and it, it said that if you feel safe and valued and you forgive, you feel better. And if you do not feel safe and valued and you forgive, you feel worse. And I, I, I agree with that to some extent, but I would take it to another level because I believe you need to forgive anyway for your sake, because it releases the power that that pain has on you. And it truly has nothing to do with the other person. Although, you know, we could talk about forgiveness after this, but I would say instead of using the word forgive, I would use the word reconcile. When it comes to reconciling, I would say it like this. If you feel safe and valued and you reconcile, you feel better. If you do not feel safe and valued and you reconcile, you feel worse. Mm, I see. Okay. That makes perfect sense. I, I often describe forgiveness as releaseness. Mm-hmm. It's releasing that pain, shame, guilt, sorrow, all of those, and how your body's holding on to those experiences through the story. Mm-hmm. So it's letting, it's really a letting go process. And that's what I keep hearing you talking about is really just, it's just about letting go little by little by little. Um, and then it just made me think of faking forgiveness. Mm. <laughs> you know? yeah, good I luck with that one. <laughs> you can't fake forgiveness. It's no. real. You feel it though. When, when you let it go, you really feel a physical sensation of something lifting off of you. And that's powerful. It's so powerful. And what it does to your, your health, I mean, how it improves your health, health is incredible. But here's what I would say, too. I really thought that it was going to be this one big ta-da moment. And, yeah. and, it, <laughs> and it couldn't have been further from that. Like in my situation, it was like with my, my family betrayal, it really was this slow process and um i just grew into it and then you know with my husband it was like i would forgive take it back forgive take it back forgive take it back and it really was this uh evolving evolving process because there are so many layers and so many stages and again that's that's another one of those things forgiveness and trust are sort of along the same timeline so if you forgive and you're reconciling with somebody before you trust again, it's a rocky road. So all of this takes time. Give yourself credit just for, for, for being willing to even try because mm-hmm. this stuff is hard. Forgiveness is just a word until you're actually doing it. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's a real thing. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, yeah. So, wow. Okay. You've given so much good information, so much depth. Um, and um, you, one of the things you talk about is how to treat yourself like you treat your best friend. Mm. Um, can you say a little bit about that? Sure. I mean, th- I want everybody to think about this. If you spoke to your friends how you spoke to yourself, you wouldn't have a friend in the world, right? <laughs> Why is it we are so kind, so loving, so empathic, so compassionate to everybody else? And why is it that it's we're so unwilling so often to not give that to ourselves. You know, what would life look like if you were as kind and wonderful to yourself as you were to everybody? And the beauty in a life crisis, and I see this in the betrayal community, is we rewrite all the rules, all the rules. And 
we can rewrite the rule of I am going to treat myself like my best friend. And something, even something, here's something I even did in my own family. I was always, um, I was always so critical about myself in so many different ways. And after my betrayal, I rewrote every single rule. I mean, every, about myself, about you know this new marriage, this new family that was really constructed because of it with the same people, but totally new. And I decided that if that what I would say in the past, oh my gosh, that was so dumb of me. Now everything I do is adorable. <laughs> How cute! So you, you see what I mean. <laughs> so so now, uh, if I do something dumb, you know that would be sort of in the past classified as dumb. Everybody right. just tells me how adorable it is. <laughs> Those are my rules and it works for me. <laughs> and that, that's really wonderful because you're also um, giving, that's a tip right there is mm-hmm. write the rule for yourself. You, know, mm-hmm. go, you can't go by the old rules because they're really not there anymore. And the old, the old you doesn't exist anymore. That's the thing. That, but, but the beauty in that is when you're willing to let go of that identity. And, you, and, you know, don't mistake this for You're taking along the things you love. You're only leaving behind what no longer serves. And when you take the, the parts you love and you add to it, this bold, brave, uh, just wise version of you that's emerging because of what you've been through, ugh. There's, there's no one more powerful. Yeah, that's beautiful. And, and what I hear you saying there is, is just love yourself. Mm-hmm. Love, love yourself. Absolutely. <laughs> Give yourself props all day long, you know, because you're, you're amazing. Um, and I think, you know, the more solid you are in yourself, the more attractive you are to just anybody, mm-hmm. you know. Just Absolutely. See, so yeah. everybody's adorable. <laughs> or whatever like, word you choose. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, um, I also wanted to ask you to just some basic uh, things for people to manage toxic mm-hmm. thoughts right mm-hmm. now, um, because I think a lot of people are, are, are probably, like you just said, they're really hard on themselves. Mm-hmm. They're really hard on their mate, especially if they've been through a betrayal experience. Mm-hmm. So what are some things they can do to manage those toxic thoughts yeah you know what you feed grows and here you are creating uh either this healthy version of you or this toxic soup and and it's so easy to marinate on the negative and i i get it we have every right to but you deserve so much better so if those toxic thoughts and every single thought you think has this little chemical attached to it that creates either health and wellness or illness and disease. So if every negative thought you are thinking is breaking down your body and causing stress-related symptoms, illnesses, conditions, disease, that's like the two-sided slap. Now, not only are you dealing with whatever stressors you were dealing with, now you're making yourself sick because of it. So just from a logical standpoint, not that logic has really anything to do with this, but you deserve so much better. And it's bad enough that you're under this amount of stress. It's bad enough that you experience the betrayal, but you deserve a a healthy body and mind. And that can't happen when you let those thoughts take you down that rabbit hole. So it could be something as simple as um, just a pattern interrupt where, where you, you, 
that thought or that trigger that is so painful, but you know where it's going to take you. And whether you have a rubber band on your hand or on your wrist and you just, you know, gently snap it, not to hurt you, but to remind you just to stop and even say it out loud or scream it in your mind, stop, and then picture a beautiful scene instead or some something or someone that you love. And yeah. you know, you, you can't think of two things at a time. And I'll tell you, if you do that often enough, you're, you're breaking that well-worn track that you've been down so many times and slowly laying down a new track that just serves you so much better. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, yeah. It's, just, it's, it's building a new way of talking to yourself and being with yourself and mm-hmm. really just respecting yourself deeply. Absolutely. Yeah. Because, you know, it, it gets to a point now there's, there's that fine line between you need to, and I teach face it, feel it, heal it. We need to deal with all of it. We don't want to numb, avoid, distract, but then it, there's that fine line between face it, feel it, heal it and indulging in the negative thoughts because we want that little hit of dopamine or whatever it's providing. So we have to know that balance. And when you've gone through your scenario, that trigger, whatever, a million times, and you're coming out of it no better, no happier, no healthier than you were the last million times you went through it, well, then you deserve something so much better. So it it really requires that pattern interrupt, insert that different, uh, that stop, you know, stop, halt, whatever your word is, redirect that thought to something that serves you so much better. And just tell yourself that you deserve, you do not deserve to get sick over this. It took you down, but you deserve to heal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, um, that's really great advice. I really appreciate you outlining that for people. Um, And I'm so grateful to you for being on the show today and for giving so much great advice and information and understanding. And I know you have programs for people. A lot of people are at home right now and they could really use the work that you have created. And I love how organized it is. You know, these are the steps and these mm-hmm. are these are the, the things you're going to go through. So yeah. can you tell people how they can uh, get in touch with you and, and what you have to help them with? Sure. And the first thing I would recommend is we have one of the other discoveries was that there's this collection of symptoms, physical, mental, and emotional, so common to betrayal. It's known as post-betrayal syndrome. And you'll know uh, if there's an unhealed betrayal, it could be from 40 plus years ago. Uh, that's holding you back and affecting how you're showing up at in your work, in your health, in your relationships, in your life. So I would truly recommend everybody just take that quiz for free. Um, and that's just at PBT as in post-betrayal transformation, pbtinstitute.com forward slash quiz. Okay, great. All right. To help them kind of understand. And then you also have a, you have an online program as well for I do. I do. This is our Betrayal to Breakthrough program. And, you know, one of the studies, uh, one of the discoveries were the five stages from Betrayal to Breakthrough and what happens physically, mentally, and emotionally at every stage and what it takes to move from one stage to the next. So the program is simply, we start you, you know, from stage one and move you predictably through the five stages. So, um, yeah, it's, it's like, you know, a, a ride at a, like at an amusement park for a little 
a little child, if that child is willing to sit in that car, they will predictably get to the end of the ride. And that's how the program works. If you're willing to do the work, you will move from whatever stage you're at to the next stage, the next, the next. And we're giving that 50% off now just because of you know, people are hard hit. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's wonderful. Okay, great. All right. Um, gosh, thanks again so much. Uh, um, just to pick one more time how to get in touch with you. Sure. And thank you so much for the opportunity. But like I said, for everybody, just take the quiz. You'll see what's what's lingering in the wake of your betrayal. So that's just at pbtinstitute.com forward slash quiz. Okay, wonderful. Well, thanks again for being on the show, um, Dr. Debbie. I really appreciate you so much. You've given a lot of great information for listeners today. Thank you so much for the opportunity and stay safe and healthy, everybody. Yeah, you're so welcome. And thank you, listeners, for listening to this podcast. And please share it with as many people as you think may benefit. Um, Subscribe to the podcast. We're going to be adding more and more coming up here to help people through this time we're going through. And um, leave us a review. And don't hesitate to reach out and ask for help. Uh, Dr. Debbie and I are both here to help you. Um, So have a wonderful day, and I hope this information has helped you get well now. For more information, go to meghayworth.com to sign up for our email list, get your free copy of five anti-inflammatory on-the-go lunch recipes, and access to our private Facebook community. Thank you so much for listening.